Amen. We're going to go to the word of the Lord. Uh, a few weeks ago, I preached a message called The Dilemma of Darkness. Do you remember that? Now, I'm going to finish that up today. And uh, as we finish it up, we're going to have a little bit of a demonstration of what the light does. So we're going to just go to the word of the Lord today. We're going to John chapter number one and start there. If you uh, were not here or unable to hear Brother Joe in the first hour today, you need to go back and watch that. Distractions. What the devil wants to distract us with. He wants to distract us from the glory of the Lord. Amen. And it was a wonderful word. So that was uh, Brother Joe's maiden voyage. Family Worship Center. Amen. Stand up, Brother Joe, so we can see you. Look at look at this little guy. Look at that little guy. He brought a good word today. Amen. Amen. He brought a good word. Youth youth uh, activities, ministry, going to start Wednesday nights, June 1st. Keep that in mind. Uh, probably youth staff meeting next Tuesday. Will that work? Next Tuesday evening. Youth staff, I'm throwing that out at you. Think about it. Let me know. All right, let's go to the word of the Lord, John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light, everybody say the light, shineth in darkness. Everybody say darkness. The light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light. Now notice the word light here is capitalized. So it is referring to a subject. All right? It's referring to a subject here. That all men through him might believe. So through him. Him is referring back to light. Got it? He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Do you know that every man that comes into the world, we come in in darkness. We come in under darkness, brothers and sisters. Okay, and so we have to have illumination in our lives. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power, everybody say power, to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So you're born here because God puts you here. You are in the kingdom because God has chosen you to be in the kingdom. Those of you who feel unworthy, stop it. Where's Amber? Where's she at when I need her? She gone? Now I can say anything about her. You know, years ago we, we had a big transition in the daycare and, and Amber came into a mess and I just had to encourage her. <clears throat> and, she, you know, women women are emotional folks, you know. And men are emotional folks. 
And she would cry a lot. And, I, and finally, I, I said, listen, we're not going to cry today. Okay? Today, we're not going to cry. You could cry yesterday, and when you go home, you can cry, but we're not going to cry right now. Because I said, crying makes me sad, and you don't want me to be sad. What I'm telling, saying that is to say this. You have to tell yourself that I am worthy. All right, you didn't get that. <clears throat> Let me change that a little. You have to tell yourself that you are worthy. You are worthy to be in the kingdom of God. You are worthy to be part of the kingdom of faith. Why? Because you have been born not of the will of man. Man didn't put you in the kingdom. God put you in the kingdom. So God has put you in the kingdom because he has a job for you to do. He has a destiny for you to do. And sometimes through life, we have to meander our way through life to find the destiny that God has called us to do. God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of you in this place. And it doesn't matter where you came from. What matters is, is where you're going, okay? And you cannot justify, nor can you, uh, nor can you qualify yourself from where you came that would make you worthy of where you are now. Because a lot of us came from the backside of a hill somewhere or down in a swamp or in a holler somewhere, and, you know, we didn't have a lot of education, and we didn't have a lot of money, and we didn't have a lot of, of social status, but we just had a hunger for the things of God. Why? Because God put it in us. He's called you. So don't let the devil tell you that, that you've not been called, that you're not worthy. The Bible says all Abraham had to do was believe, and when he believed, he was counted righteous. Got it? Anybody ever sin in here? All of you are now because not one of you raised your hand. Y'all lying. We're all lying. Okay. We've all sinned, right? And the only way to get past it is to ask for forgiveness. And so you say, Jesus, forgive me. Help me not to do that anymore. Amen. And the devil says, do you think that that's really going to let God forgive you? Do you think that that simple asking him to forgive you the Bible says, though, that he is faithful. Amen. He is faithful to forgive us. And so when we ask for forgiveness, now we just simply say, Lord, forgive me and help me. I don't want to do this anymore. And he forgives you. Let the devil say what he wants. Let people say what they want. But God is God, and this is God's program, and this is God, his system, and he's in control. Amen. So stop thinking that you're not worthy. You're worthy because you have been born of God. They Now look, First John uh, or John 1, 13 in the New Living says, They are reborn not of or with a physical birth resulting from human or passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. You are here by divine destiny. Each and every one of you are here from divine destiny. When I think about where I am today and where I came from, a, a few weeks ago, Mitchell and I, we went out to, to Maryland. That had been the first time I had seen my, or been out back home since my mom passed away a little over three years ago. And I was just, we're driving through the mountains, and Mitchell wanted to drive, so I'm letting him drive. And we were down in the valley visiting my one brother, and 
it was raining, and as we came up the mountain, about halfway up the mountain, we hit fog. And I mean, it was a, it was a good fog. It was real good fog. I mean, you could barely see the white line. So we drove for a while, and I knew that up on top of the, the mountain, we call them hills, up on top of the hill, I could take another road down and get out of the fog pretty quick. But Mitchell didn't know where, where it was. So I had to tell him, and as he turned off, he turned off, and there's no lines on the road. You know, we got a few of those out here. Amen. The only problem was this was on the side of a hill, a mountain. Now I said, don't go too far because I don't feel like going over the hill tonight. Just stop right where you're at and let me drive. So what I'm saying is when I, when I, when I think about where the Lord brought me from, to where he's brought me through the last 40 years of my life walking with him, it's like, man, this is an awesome journey you're doing with me, Lord. So I want to encourage everybody today to, I want you to believe that God wants to do something mighty ex- extravagant in your life, that God wants to do something mighty awesome in your life, and he wants to do something good in you, and the devil is going to try to stop you, and he's going to throw darkness at you. But I'm going to tell you today that uh, darkness has a dilemma today, and it's called light. Because darkness cannot control light. Darkness cannot handle light. Amen? Amen. We are dealing with these two forces today. The first force is light. We talked about that. And the second force is darkness. The dilemma of darkness, part two. I'm going to finish this up today. This is what I'm talking about, light here. It comes from the Greek word phos, which means to shine or make manifest, especially by rays. All right? So light comes in rays. Now, you can only see light two ways. You only see light at its source, uh, such as these lights. If you put your eyes up here and you look, you're going to see the light source, and that's how you see light. Or you see when it's reflected off of something. You see that this floors, this beautiful carpet of 35 years, has never went out of style. Actually, it's faded into a beautiful neutral color. We don't have to get a new carpet. I mean, ours faded until it looks neutral. So, it's like, okay, you see the light coming off of the objects. That's the only way you see light, what it reflects off of or the source. And it, so, when you see the word fire or light in the King James, it comes from that word phos there. Darkness, uh, otherwise, comes from scotus, which is dimness, shadiness, and obscurity. Literally or figuratively. First John chapter 1 verse 5 says in the King James, And the light shine in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. Let's take that down to a little simpler deal here. Uh, it, it's, the word comprehend comes from that word right there, catalambano, to take eagerly, to seize or possess. Now, the darkness would like to possess the light. The darkness would like to control the light. Are you seeing what I'm saying here? Now, what were we talking about just a while ago in John chapter 1? Light had a capital L on it. It's talking about a, a subject. And it said him. It's talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Darkness would like to control Jesus Christ. We saw that when he walked on the earth. Guess what? Now Jesus is not walking on the earth. Now you and I are. So darkness would like to control us. Anybody realize that? Yeah. Anybody experience that? Darkness wants to control you. No matter what form it comes in, no matter how it comes, darkness would like to control you. 
But the Bible says the darkness could not take it over. It could not seize hold of it. It could not possess it. It could not apprehend it. It could not attain it. Now, let's look at today's English version. The Word was the source of life, and the life was light to mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has never put it out. The darkness, look at your neighbor and say, the darkness will never put the light out. The darkness will never, ever put the light out. No matter how hard it tries. The only way the darkness is going to put the light out is if we choose to let the darkness put the light out. We choose today. We make choices today. We choose. I chose what to wear today. Some of them are out of necessity because it all fit. It went on and it's like, thank you, Lord. Not only does it went on, it I could still breathe, you know? And it's like, well, I don't want to sh- tuck this shirt tail in. Amy will say, yeah, that shirt tail is too long because when you raise your hands, it, ch- it comes out from under the jacket. So I said, I ain't wearing a jacket today. I'm going free. I chose today. We make choices. We make choices of what we're going to wear. We make choices what we what we are going to eat. We make choices where we're going to go. We make choices to live for God or not live for God. We make choices to fast or not to fast. We make choices to pray or not to pray. We make choices to come to church or not come to church. Amen. Amen. So the darkness has never, everybody say never, never put out the light. The darkness will never put out the light. The darkness is no competition for the light. And we're going to see that here in just a little bit t- together. Now, Ephesians 5, 8 says, For once you were darkness, now, uh, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, led the lives of those native born to the light. That's the Amplified. We're going to spend a lot of time in the Amplified this morning. I want you to notice how this reads here. It says, "You once you were darkness. It does not say that you were in darkness. It says that you were darkness. But then it flips it and it says, now you are light in the Lord. What is that telling me? It's telling me that it's not a condition of the way that I'm living. Simply, it's a matter of how I exist. It is my existence. I am, whether uh, whether I'm here or somewhere else, I'm either light or I'm darkness. And we were darkness. We were the darkness. Now, you know, we, we all, we're all humans. Yeah. Everybody's human here. We all, and I, I hate to tell all of us this, but in our base nature, we have a lot of problems. All right. In our base nature, we have a lot of problems. And the Lord in his word and his infinite wisdom deals with those issues. The, the, the word talks about adultery and unfaithfulness. Why? Because it's in our base nature. Oh, it's going to get quiet, I know. It's all right. I can handle this. The word talks about homosexuality because that is in our base nature. The word talks, here we go, the word talks about bestiality because it's in our nature. 
So what I'm saying here, all of this stuff in our lives becomes part of our makeup. And and Paul said to the Ephesians, he said, you were darkness, but now you are light. Not just you are were in the darkness or now you are in light. No, you were. He made it a living situation here. He said in Ephesians 5, 11, there take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. Let me tell you something. It does not matter what you do. Eventually, it will come out. It doesn't matter how hard you try to hide it. It doesn't matter how hard you try to, to tuck it away to where you're the only one that knows that, that all of that stuff is back in the tent like Achan did there in, and when they took over Jericho. Achan was the only one that knew that stuff was in his tent floor. Sooner or later, darkness is revealed by light. You know, you ever met somebody that lies? all the time about everything and it's like wow because eventually they have to lie about the lie until they and until they don't remember what they said about the lie and they catch themselves they get caught because light always reveals darkness don't don't plan on trying to hide something from the lord Because the Lord has a way of getting everything out because the light makes everything visible. Sooner or later, it's coming out. That's why I'm telling you that we all need to keep living for the Lord and get our business straight with God because the Lord is coming back, brothers and sisters. I said the Lord is coming back. And all of these folks that I've been watching for the last couple years since the pandemic hit, all of these preachers and prophets that I've, I've been following and, and looking at and trying to figure out what's going on. I'm trying to get direction for the great city of Vandalia, Illinois. And, and I hear that, you know, there's going to be a, a cleansing of the, of the church, the body of Christ. And, you know, all of those who aren't hanging on for dear life are going to get swept away. And then there's going to be a mighty revival and all of this. And, and I'm just scratching tr- my head trying to figure it all out. And then a couple years later, I'm like, well, that, that sure is working. That sure was right. Then the next thing I hear is the the mighty end time revival is coming from the backsliders. Do you know? I don't know if you you probably never thought about this if you ever if you've never started a church, but you know when you start a church, you're going to create a lot of backsliders because the Bible says that only twenty five percent is good ground. How many saw Jesus leave, ascend into heaven? 500. How many made it back to the upper room? 120. That's right, just a little over 25%. Jesus said there's four types of ground. So you're going to create a lot of backsliders. But they're all saying that the backslider is going to be the one to bring the great harvest. And now I think as I've been praying the last couple of weeks, the Lord says, you know, he said, 
He said, you know why the backsliders are going to be the ones that lead it? He said, because the backsliders know the word. They know what's going to happen. They know what's coming in the end. They know the future events. They know the tribulation. They know the man of sin. They know 666. They know all of that. They know Armageddon. They know all of that. Most of the people in the world don't know any of that business. But the backsliders do. But you see, the backsliders have left the kingdom and they've went out and gotten married and they've had kids. So one backslider left, they may come back with four other people with them. You see what I'm saying? And you get a hundred of those, that's 400 people right there. What in the world is going to happen? The Lord knows what's going to happen. But let me tell you something. That the light that is shining in us is going to reveal the darkness. So get your business straight with God and keep walking with the Lord. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. There are rulers of the unseen world. If you could see with your spiritual eyes, you would see a whole different world than just us sitting here. I would say that there are probably angels in this place. And I would say there are probably demons in this place. You know, when the devil comes to church, he's really taking a risk. Either cast out or get converted or hide real hard. That's why we have to be a powerful church. That's why we have to be a church that believes that you can cast out devils because that's one of the signs of a believer, isn't it? In fact, I believe that was one of the first signs that Jesus said, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. I've been in churches where they say, we don't want that around here. Well, guess what? That's where the power is at. And if you, you gotta, you gotta make sure that if you're gonna be a hospital for sinners, you gotta make sure that you have the power and the capability to save them when they come in the door. Because they're, they're, they're coming in and their arms are dragging and their, and their legs are dragging and hanging off of them and they're bleeding to death and they've been beat up by the world. They've been beat up by, by bad relationships and marriages. They've been beat up by addictions and sin. They've been hurt by, by, by thinking that people have put in their minds. They've been hurt by their parents that told them they didn't even want them, want them to be born. They've been hurt by, by people that didn't even love them, that they told them they loved them. Are you seeing what I'm saying? The world is in bad shape. And the Lord has given us light. And we are fighting against rulers of darkness and, 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 and authority, against mighty powers in this dark world. And against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Listen, when your prayers leave you here, they've got to get to the throne room. And between here and the throne room, there is a whole host of the enemy's encampments. He is the prince and power of the air. You want to know why? Wouldn't it be easy just if we could all live for God and every, and nobody, there would be no devil? Wouldn't it be awesome? I'd be out of a job. What would I do? I don't know. But we're not. We fight the devil every day. Each and every one of us fight the enemy every day. And when you win one battle, then he brings another battle. It's constant. It never ends. And you feel like sometimes just throwing in the towel. But listen, brothers and sisters, do not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. When you fall down in a battle, just get back up one more time. Amen. 
Do you know that up until Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and all those guys, the home run king, you know who it was? Remember him? Before Hammer and Hank? Babe Ruth. Right? The Babe. The Red Sox. He was a pitcher for the Red Sox. They traded him for the Yankees for $100,000. How do you think they liked that over the next few years? How'd that work out for you? Mm -hmm. Do you know at that time, you know who had the most home runs? He did, right? Do you know who had the most strikeouts? He did. Do you know that Michael Jordan has shot just as many game-winning shots that he's missed than he's made? But you know what? You get it backed up and you shoot again the next game if you have to. And if you strike out one time, one inning, you get back up the next inning and you go forward again. I had the privilege when I was five years old, I met a boxer in 1972, 71 or 72. We were taking my brother to the airport. Needless did I know that I never dreamed that I, my brother would go to Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri for boot camp. But I'm just a little kid, five or six years old, and we're in the airport in Pittsburgh, and we run into the boxing champion of the world at the time, Muhammad Ali. I have met Muhammad Ali. So people say, what do you want, what'd you say to him? I said, I put my fist up, and I said, do you want to fight? Apparently, he didn't want to fight because I'm still alive. Yes. But they asked Mr. Ali, they said, what was the secret to your success? He said, when I got knocked down, I got up one more time. Listen, when you get knocked down, just remember this. All I got to do is just get up one more time. When you get up one more time, then you're knocked down. You're on the right sides of your feet. Amen. You're standing on the bottoms. The Bible says in Micah, it says, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. And when I set in darkness, the Lord shall be a light to me. So brothers and sisters, this week when the enemy knocks you down, I'm telling you in Jesus name, just get back up. Amen. Hallelujah. When he knocks you down in the grocery store, just get back up. Just keep getting up. That's the last thing. He doesn't want you to get up. He doesn't want you to win. All he wants to do is trick you, deceive you, lie to you, and have you destroyed by the time your life is over. He wants to take out dads and moms. He wants to take out kids and families. He wants to take out all of them. So we fight these dark spirits. But you have an, an advocate with the Father. The first, uh, Colossians 1.12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified and made us fit to share the portion which is in the inheritance of the saints, God's holy people, in the light. We are to share in a portion of the light. You need to start looking at yourself, Tim, when you walk into the, your place of business and all your clients, I am light. Y'all darkness. Now, you don't have to tell them all that. Just keep that in your mind, in your mouth. Nathan's going to walk in on his floor, his shift tomorrow, and he said, I just want everybody to know here, I'm light and y'all are darkness. They're going to say, fine, you do it all today, light. Amen. No, just keep it to yourself, all right? Just keep it to yourself. You're light. Keep telling yourself you're light. You're not bad. You're not a failure. 
God didn't pick losers. God saw something. I mean, I keep hitting this today. God saw something in you that he wants to use you with you. He's got something he's got for you specifically to do. So we are to share in his light. The father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and dominion of darkness. Darkness wants to control us. Darkness wants to have rule over us. Darkness wants to call the shots. But this is when you're going to have to stand up and say, I am refusing to let darkness control me anymore. Those of you who are dealing with addictions, you're going to have to eventually get up and make a decision. You're either going to make the decision to stay in the addiction or you're going to make the decision that I'm getting up out of this thing. I'm done with this. I'm not going back. Amen. We're all going to have to make a decision. If I can make a decision for you, I would. You know how many times, how many times have I shared with you my invention of the Jesus injection machine? You remember that? The Jesus injection machine. I'm going to have a Jesus injection machine right outside this door here. And when you walk in the door, you're going to put your feet on the yellow, on the yellow spots, just like you do at the airport. I usually just try to keep something in my pocket to see if they catch it. Once in a while they do, sometimes they don't. Sir, you still have something in your pocket. Oh. And let me tell you something. Please do not put your money in the, the wash tub and send it through. You hold your money in your hand. I don't care what anybody tells you. Because people will steal your stuff. Amen. Doesn't matter how old they are either. I had some old lady, an old man, stole my hat and my boarding pass in Honolulu. I was sad for maybe a half a second. I looked at Amy and I said, my Lord, Amy, I'm going to have to stay. I don't have my boarding pass. I'll see you next time. She said, I think we can probably get one at the gate. But I never did get my hat back. They took my hat. Anyway, darkness wants to control us. Darkness wants to have dominion over us. But you're going to have to make the decision, each and every one of us, you're going to have to make the decision. That Jesus injection machine, you see, when you put your feet on that yellow, on, the, on the yellow feet on the floor, there's about, about one, two, three, six. There's probably about nine, nine different needles that are going to inject you all over your body. Hallelujah. And it's going to inject you with Jesus serum. So you're going to become a super man or woman of God. That hell is afraid of you. That hell trembles when they hear your name. That happens. Oh, Paul, we know. We know Paul. That's demons talking. We know Paul. We know Jesus and we know Paul. But who are you? Apparently they hadn't been through the Jesus injection machine. Right? So if you could get that Jesus injection machine and you become the awesome man and woman of God that God wants you to be, how awesome that would be. But listen, that's still a ways down the road because I haven't got a lot of investors lined up for it yet. But I'm telling you this, God wants you to realize in your mind, the battlefield is in your mind, college and career. The battlefield is in your mind that you are, you're either going to be controlled by darkness or you're going to be controlled by light. Amen. We either going to be victorious or we're going to be captive to darkness. Hallelujah. He has transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Now, isn't that awesome? The son of his love. 
First Thessalonians 5, 4, but you are not in given up to the power of darkness. You're not under the power of darkness, brother, for that day to overtake you by surprise like a thief. For you are all sons of light Woo. and sons of day. How about this? We do not belong either to the night or to the darkness. Brothers and sisters, you do not belong to darkness. I don't care what the devil tells you. I don't care what your ex-wife said about you. I don't care. I don't care what your teacher told you in high school. I don't care what they told you when you were a little kid, that they didn't want you, that you should never have been born. I'm telling you, you are not in darkness. God has put you in light. You are creatures of the day, and you are the children of God. Give some some praise to the Lord, being children of the Lord. Hallelujah. He said, according then, let us not sleep as the rest do, but let us be wide awake. Alert, let us be watchful, cautious, and on our God, and let us be sober, calm, collected, and circumspect. I'm telling you, the Lord is coming. You better get your business straight with God. You better, it's, it's the end time. And if you think it's hot now, not, I'm not, I'm talking about spiritually. You think the world's crazy now, it's gonna get worse. It's gonna get crazier and crazier and crazier. There is just about, when you turn uh, the news on now, when you pull up the news on your, on your device, there's craziness all over the place. We're, they want to, they want, instead of teaching in school, instead of teaching, how about the alphabet, reading and writing and arithmetic, we want to teach you gender identity. We want to give you puberty blockers and not tell your parents. Oh, how about all of this? This is darkness. They were the, the Department of Justice, the DOJ, has labeled parents at school board meetings as domestic terrorists because they have the nerve to stand before the board and stand against the board and say, you are not teaching critical race theory in this school to my child or I'm taking my child out of this school. But the same Department of Justice will not enforce the law that is on the books that say there will be no mobs or protesters near the justice, any federal judge's residence. This world is upside down. The Lord is getting ready to come, brothers and sisters. I gotta get closer each and every day to Him. I gotta get deeper in the light and further away from darkness. Amen? I'm almost done. Punch your neighbor and say he's almost done. First Peter 2, 9, but you are not like that for you're a chosen people. Everybody say I'm chosen. You're a royal priest. Holy nation. Watch this. God's very own possession. You're God's property. Why are you letting the devil bother you when you're God's property? Why are you even listening to the devil? Why are you, why are you letting the devil in your business? Why are you even giving him a time of day? You're God's property. You're God's possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness 
into his wonderful light. I'm telling you, this is a much better life than the life in darkness. Amen. Amen. I just want everybody to know that I do not sit at home every day. You know, I don't have a lot of, uh, of people around me at my workplace that cuss and use profanity because I'm here a lot. So fortunately, that's a good thing for us, isn't it? Yeah. In fact, if there's any, I hear more profanity from the preschoolers than I do the teachers. Just to give you a heads up. That's the truth. But I rub shoulders with the world. I try to get right down in there with them. And I'm telling you, the enemy has their minds so contorted. And I call it torturous thinking. Everybody's after them. Everybody steals their stuff. Everybody's out to get them. They find somebody that that conflicts against them and they want to go out like eighth graders and beat up each other. Like, what's that going to help anything? You're so old now, you're going to break your wrist and then you can't do nothing. Torturous thinking. And I'll tell you something. I tell you, it used to be, I didn't hear it much. I heard it more from men than I did women. But I heard the F-bomb dropped a lot from men. But I'm telling you, I think the women are winning now. The women drop the F-bomb more than men do, I think. Or they're about the same. Now, when I was in Maryland, my sister-in-law is a retired English, high school English teacher. How boring. Ugh. I said, did you actually like sentence diagramming? Oh, yes, she said. I just loved it. I said, oh, yeah. Okay. But I said to her, I said, there is the only word, this this word here, this this bomb word, I said, it's the only word that I really can see that people use it as a verb, as a noun, as an adjective, as a pronoun, as a preposition. This word is used for every part of the English language. And it's like, wow. But that is the darkness that we live in. Brothers and sisters, we are just in the dark. We are surrounded by darkness. And why wouldn't the darkness want to consume you? And why wouldn't the darkness want to bring you back into its company? It wants to do that. But guess what? His wonderful light keeps us from all that. John, 1 John 1, 5, this is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. What does that tell me? That tells me that when you come to God, you are supposed to live a different way than what you used to. These people that get salvation, they're going to heaven and they do everything that the that Galatians 5 talks about, the works of the flesh, but they're still going to heaven. I haven't figured that out yet. I don't know, but I'm telling you, a lot of people are going to be surprised in the end. I'll leave it at that. We are not practicing the truth. 
Yes, yet I am writing in you a new commandment which is true, it's realized in him and in you because the darkness, the moral blindness is clearing away and the true light, the revelation of God in Christ is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light and yet hates his brother, Christian, born again, child of God, his father, is in darkness even until now. We got to love each other. We have to love each other. Ready? You have to forgive each other. You have to forgive each other. And there are people that have been so hurt. They say, I ain't forgiven. You know what? That ain't scriptural. You got to forgive. We have to forgive. Brothers and sisters, he who hates and detests, despises his brother in Christ is in darkness and walking, living. He's living in the dark. He's straying and does not perceive or know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. The King James says, he that hates his brother is the same as a murderer. It ain't going to be no murderers in heaven. For once, Ephesians 5, 8, you were once full of darkness, but now you have the light of the Lord. So live as people of the light. For the light within you produces only what is good, right, and true. Darkness, the works of the flesh. Are we ready? You ready? I was talking to them, but it's all right. Dan's ready. Sister Amy, come on up here before it gets dark. Hey, did y'all enjoy her last Sunday? I think that she could go probably a Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning, don't you? She could do a revival, couldn't she? I like like it when she's like, uh, I don't think so. All right, so in Galatians 5, the works of the flesh refers to darkness. So... Last week, or the last, whenever I preached this, it wasn't last week, a couple weeks ago, uh, we turned off all the lights, and I lit one candle here. And you could, I could see, I could stand here and see the steps, I could see the floor, because that, lightness, that light is pushing back darkness. So today, I want to, uh, there's been, uh, Brother Gary has dispersed little papers out to the crowd there there's about 20 of you and these papers are simply the the works of the flesh that are listed here in the bible and so what we're going to do today is those of you who have the paper you also have a lighter with you now i know how many are out there and i'm counting you do not keep those i'm all right they're three dollars at dollar general go get your own all right so i got i gotta have them back because i may need them to preach somewhere else so what we're going to do is I'm going to go through the works of the flesh. And as I do, when I hit your the paper that you have, I want you to just turn your light on, okay? And I want you to see what a little light to spread all over this room is going to do. All right, are we ready? Okay. So Miss Amy is going to turn hers on first. Oh, yes. All right. Are we ready? Okay. Galatians 5.19, sexual immorality. 519, impurity. 
lustful pleasures, idolatry. Now, idolatry can be anything. It can be an idol. Johnny's culture, they worship idols over there in Laos. But it can also be, here in America, it could be uh, money. It could be education. It could be prestige. Sorcery, witchcraft, hostility, anger, drama, hurting people, quarreling, fighting, jealousy, outburst of anger. Get your anger under control, brothers and sisters. People are watching you. Amen. Selfish ambition. Dissension. Wanting to go against the grain. Wanting to bring division. There it is. Division. Who's got division? All these were certified. Envy. Who's got envy? There. Brother Brad, I was worried about that section back there. Is it? Now the section's in the light. Drunkenness. Drunkenness. Don't be telling me, well, Jesus turned water into wine, so I'm going to go get me a bottle of Chardonnay. No. Just drink some grape juice, okay? Because, you know, grape juice isn't going to make you beat your wife or anything like that. All right. Drunkenness. Wild parties. Oh, yes. Wild parties. And other sins like these. So not only did it just name those, but it was other sins like these. All right. Now, in uh, 1 Corinthians, it talks about the unrighteous, and it associates it with darkness. Here we go. Those who indulge in sexual sin. Those who worship idols. Those who commit adultery. Those who are male prostitutes. Apparently, the Corinthians were having issues with male prostitutes. Those who practice homosexuality. Those who are thieves. So awesome hearing those clicks. Those who are greedy people. Greed is a sin. Those who are drunkards. Any drunkards. Those who are are abusive. Those who cheat people. And finally... Now, I want you to look around. I want you to see how light it is. Any of us could get up from our chair, our pew, and find an aisle and leave this room right now. You know what this is? This is the world, and this is our lights that are in the world now. This is what we do when we go into darkness, is we find people and share our light with them. So there's others here that I didn't have enough. There wasn't enough sins listed to give everybody a torch, okay? But what happens is those who do not have the light, you don't have a torch now, somebody near you does and can help you. Dan, what happened to your light? Is that why you guys keep clicking because it's getting hot? Let me tell you something. Walking with the Lord is not easy. All right? You're going to have some... You're gonna, it's not always comfortable. Sometimes it's going to get hot. Sometimes it's going to be hard to hold it down. But you can do it. Lord have mercy. What a, 
We're going to screen our audience next time a little better. All right. So look around one more time. Johnny, did you get this on the camera? All right. This is good. All right. Hit the lights. Pull your thumbs. There you go. Woo. Thank the Lord. We went to church today and the pastor burned our thumbs off. I have a cramp in my thumb that Sister Marlene won't be able to do, plant any flowers this week because her thumb will be cramped up. 1 John 5, 7. So let's all stand. I'm closing. 1 John 5, 7. This then is the message which we have heard in him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. For if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, everybody say walk in the light. Can we have a, can we have a song? If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Now I want you to also notice this. I want you to also notice this. I got on, I got a little testy the other night, other day about Wednesday night church. Guess what? We got to have fellowship. If you don't have fellowship, you get out there all by yourself. It gets lonely. It gets hard. Okay? And and what used to not be a struggle becomes a struggle then. We've got to have fellowship with one another. That's what the Word says right here. And if we say we fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood, everybody say the blood. The blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Amen. Is that awesome or what? For if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Look, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Not only to forgive you of your sins, but to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Amen. The dilemma of darkness. Amen. The darkness has never and will never put out the light. Amen. But the devil's going to try to put out your light. Because he doesn't want you, he doesn't want you living for the Lord. He doesn't want you escaping eternal damnation and torment. He wants you right there in the pits and in the flames of the lake of fire forever and ever. But the devil's a liar and he's losing. Amen. He's losing. He's losing. Let's bow our head. Let's close our eyes just for a moment. Maybe there's some darkness that you'd like to get rid of in your life. I don't know what it is. But I'm telling you, that darkness is going to try to spread. But it only takes just a little bit of light to push the darkness on out. You saw as we lit up this sanctuary... We had plenty of light that any of us could see to navigate out through here. We could find our way. We could find our way out of a dark room into a lighted place. Watch. So the light in us helps us to navigate through a dark world into the light of his presence. Amen. So we're going to sing this song. If you'd like to come and pray just for a few moments, you're more than welcome to. We're just going to let that up to you.
Darkness to 